We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another fourth quarter collapse for the Nets. Bridges fires at the horn and that's it. The Knicks come from behind to knock off the Nets. 108 to 103. The latest chapter in this rivalry belongs to the Knicks. Fourth quarter, Nets couldn't get it done once again. And the Knicks' hot streak continues. They are 10 and 2 since OG Ananobi joined the team and improved to 27 and 17 overall. The Nets have dropped 11 of their last. 13. Five-point win for the Knicks. We throw it over. Yeah, those Nets. They're a bunch of fugazis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, should, I shouldn't talk too much. The Knicks were almost the uh, fugazis tonight. But, 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 uh, did just enough. Did just enough to come out with a win. Um, this was uh, by no means a pretty win. Uh, this is not a win that is going to make anybody feel uh, particularly great about where uh, things stand with New York at the moment. It's crazy. I, I don't I don't know what this says about me or the team right now. Uh, probably says something about something, but here are the Knicks who are 10 and two in their last uh, 12 games, 10 and two since acquiring OG Ananobi. Uh, you know, they keep, they keep banging out these wins uh, against a fairly easy schedule, but there's some, been some quality wins in there too. And yet you go into these two games against the the Nuggets and the Heat. And like, I, I mean, if you have confidence heading into these next two games, God bless you, because I don't, um, you know, because it's like we have yet to see, you know, uh, other than maybe the Philly game, which was wild, other than maybe that game, we have yet to see a really complete game from this team in, I mean, since since before the trade, certainly. And tonight was anything but a complete game. It was certainly not a complete game. It was not a complete effort from the Knicks. Uh, I think the... I don't want to say the tone of the the game was set right out of the gate because I, I, I don't know if that's fair. They, they didn't... I don't know if I, I would say they, you know, they lollygagged it, but we know when the Knicks come out with their maximum effort and their maximum attention to detail on both ends of the floor. That is not what this was. You know, uh, uh, and again, this is kind of going with a theme that we have seen a lot over the last three weeks, which is going into a game in which they know they are better than their opponent. They know that their opponent has no business being 
uh, on the same court with them if the Knicks play their best. So what do the Knicks do? They don't play their best. You know, and it was uh, some more of the some more of the turnovers that we have seen that we don't like so much. Uh, I thought some of the three point defense let the Nets get a little comfortable, a little too comfortable. And uh, it just wasn't the kind of effort that you would see from a team looking to just put their foot down and like this dispense with an opponent that is overmatched. And that is I, I looked it up this morning. I think they're like four and five and 14 over four and 15 or something over. The, I, I mean, just a God awful record. They were 13 and 10 at one point. And I don't know what the hell the Nets are now. It's not very good. Um, and then the third quarter starts. And wouldn't you know it, a team that has a bunch of guys who are capable of making shots got hot and they hit six to seven from deep there in the third quarter, which is absurd. Obviously, McCall Bridges caught fire. Cam Johnson, I think, started off the game four for four from deep. I don't, I don't even know what he finished. Um, four or five. So he missed his last one. I forget. It was probably a big one. I'm forgetting about. But, you know, and that's the run you the risk you run anytime you play quite literally any team in the NBA. If you let them hang around, doesn't matter how bad they are. If it's a game at halftime, team can come out in the third quarter, especially if they are on their home court, especially if they're probably pissed off that 85% of the people in the arena are rooting for the other team. And, you know, you give them life. You give them life. And they and the Nets certainly gave the Knicks life uh, there. And, and I, you know, this is going to be a positive post game. I'm happy they won. Look, it's the end of June. End of June. I wish it was the end of June. We were talking about Knicks win. Um, it's the end of January, and the Knicks just won a game to go to twenty six and seventeen. Like, I don't care what your assessment of this team is. Like, I don't care what your expectations were before the season. It, you cannot be unhappy with twenty six and seventeen. Like, they are. They're half game back to Cleveland now. Like they're in the run, obviously, and they're in the running for the four seed. They might be in the running for three seed. Who knows? Maybe they screw around. Then they're in the running for the two seed. Um, but they like they're at a good spot. And you get to this point in the season, it's like just just rack up wins. Doesn't matter how you do it, rack up wins. All that being said, I thought they almost set the tone for what would have been a very disappointing loss in those first few minutes of the third quarter when we saw all of their bugaboos, you know, come to light with. It was started off with a not a great shot from Julius Randle. They gave up an offensive rebound. They gave up a bunch of those in the first half. We'll get back to that issue later. A bad turnover, um, another offensive rebound, and then um, and then another turnover. So you know all the stuff that when the Knicks lose games, we see them doing this stuff. So then they were in a dogfight. Got to the bench minutes, the very very dicey bench minutes. I thought after the bench played uh, poorly, to put it politely, in the first half. Some big minutes from the bench, some absolutely big minutes from the bench to end the third and or I really start the fourth quarter um, and just keep them afloat. Just keep them afloat with a combination of defensive intensity, just enough shot making. Deuce McBride, I thought Deuce McBride, I think he only finished with five points in the game. No, finished eight points in the game. Excuse me. Um, Because he had a three in the first half, but his five points in the fourth quarter, that little mid ranger and then that big above the break three. I thought those were huge baskets and not to be outdone. I'm curious what people are going to say about OG Ananobi after this game did not have a great stat line. Almost was the goat was the goat, not good goat, bad goat. um, When he went for that steal at the end there on the Nets final possession and didn't get if you're going to go for that steal, man, you better get that steal. 
because once you don't get it, you've just compromised your entire defense. And Cam Johnson, of course, that that was the three that Cam Johnson missed. How the fuck did I forget that? It just happened five minutes ago. Um, you know, it, it essentially got the Nets a far better shot than they had any right to get because he went for that steal and didn't get it. All that being said, and I know McCall had a great game. I, you know, OG, we, we've, this is not the first time we've seen this switch a little bit too liberally, you know, and, and the Nets were getting McCall on other people not named OG Ananobi. That's how he got all those points. Uh, minor issue. Uh, but, you know, I his defense, I thought, was exceptional throughout the night. His offense at the beginning of the fourth quarter cannot cannot be forgotten because they needed to buy. I mean, look, we're talking about a Knicks team that is now down one center in Mitchell Robinson, and we'll see how long it lasts. It's one game so far. Will it be two games? Will it be three games? Will it be more than three games without Isaiah Hardenstein? And you saw them, you saw Tibbs be a little bit more conservative with minutes tonight. Um, So like they, (laughs) they need these guys. I don't know how I just got on on that topic, but uh, OG Ananobi, again, the beginning of the fourth quarter, those minutes were massive because that's how I got on the topic because Tibbs was really trying to buy some time with the bench and started off with a big defensive play um, and then power drive, scored two, another good offensive possession, made another field goal, and then got fouled. Six big points. Six really big points there, in addition to those five points from Deuce. You know, underrated, unheralded portion of the game that, again, kept the Knicks in striking distance. And then, again, trying to preserve preserve these guys, OG Ananobi sits down, got very nervous when he sat down for Julius Randle because Julius Randle, I was, let me tell you, man, I was getting ready to come on here and not kill Julius because I'm, I'm past that. Like, we're done killing Julius. Like, J- Julius, I've said this so many times this year. Julius is what he is. Sometimes you're going to get bad Julius. It, but even amongst the bad Julius games, I thought tonight was particularly frustrating. Um, mostly from a defensive point of view, I, I thought it, his... It, it's so funny how often... Those open threes came either Julius and drop, which my God, as Benji says, Julius and drop is death. It's just death. Um, lacking physicality, guarding on some drives when, uh, you know, whether it was a Chew or Sims out guarding the perimeter for, for when the Nets went small. Um, and then, you know, getting caught up on screens, uh, covering guys on, on threes. I thought Julius's three-point defense was exceptionally bad tonight, which is saying something. And I, I didn't think his offense was particularly good either. So he comes in the game then with 6.23 to go. Knicks are down by four. And I'm, at that point, pretty worried. And what does Julius Randle do in those final six and a half minutes? He wins them the fucking game. No, nothing else. No coda, no, 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 no asterisk, no footnote, no nothing. Julius Randle won them the fucking game. Was it perfect? No, it's never perfect with Julius. He had that turnover, which almost cost them. But my God, you know, Jalen Brunson, look, Jalen Brunson hit the, I, I thought in terms of momentum, I think you could argue that the Jalen Brunson three to get it to 95, 94, you could argue that that was the biggest shot of the game. They needed that there. They really did. But then from there, um, Brunson, I believe, missed 
for the next. I think the, I don't think he scored another field goal because he. So he makes that three, and then here from there we get Julius with the fast break assist to Precious Achua. We get Julius with the putback on his own miss, and then the other obvious contender for the biggest moment of the game, the Julius Randall three to put them up one on one, one hundred. When that all, and again, Brunson had had missed three shots in a row at that point. It it did not seem like he was comfortable. And for Julius to take and make that three, that's is that as big a shot as he said all season? That's up there. That's up there. So what am I saying? Of course it's the biggest shot of the game. Um big shot from Brunson a few minutes earlier, bigger shot from from Randall. And then um then he had the turnover and then was and this occurred after Brunson was blocked. So I, I do think he missed his last four. That wild defensive possession. I mean, I, I don't I want to go back and watch it. I, I I I know Andrew posted a clip. By the way, shout out to APJP. He's on the ones and twos today. Uh I just effort, energy. It was a it was a Knicks possession. It was a Knicks defensive possession. Just relentless. Doing, I mean, it sounds silly. It's talking head thing to say, but it's doing whatever it takes to win. And his hand was, and then sorry, then it that led to Julius to Jalen to Julius finishing for the fast break, and then I think it was their final bucket uh, of the game, which was uh, Julius to the cutting Josh Hart, and and Josh Hart is the other guy that I was going to get ready to come on here and be really hard against because I, I did not think Josh Hart had a good game by any stretch of the imagination. Really, I mean, I think he had one rebound in the first half. Um, that's that's not okay. Uh, finished one of seven from the game. Missed his first six shots. But you know what? The last one, pretty important. But again, that was on Julius to find him on that bucket to put the Knicks up, up four and, you know, all but seal the game. We had that dicey moment at the end. Jalen Brunson missed that free throw. Um, but uh, two guys who did not have a good nights redeem themselves in the final uh, in the final minute. So big time stuff from Julius Randle. Um, and I know he didn't have a greatest close to the game. Like Jalen Brunson for the first three quarters of this one was the only thing the Knicks had going. You know, DiVincenzo was, finished 4-10, 3-8 from deep. He was, I mean, he hit a couple big shots there in the third quarter, but, like, not his best night. Um, we'll talk about the centers in a moment. Like, oh, Ananobi only took eight shots. He only took one three, missed it. Uh, I said already, Randall didn't have a great game. And, like, you look at the bench, like, Achua did not love his first half. Thought he thought he was at some, you know, the Achua thing. I guess we could talk about the 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 centers now. Like, so this first game without Hardstein. They it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. And people are gonna be like, what do you mean it wasn't terrible? I thought Sims played great. Sims was Sims was okay. Obviously, four blocks in the first quarter. They they I thought they were looking for him on offense. Did not see that one coming. I thought they were really looking to, to get him involved in the offense. Obviously, they went for him for a few lob opportunities. Um you know, I, I, I was, it was interesting to me that he decided to go 
with Achua down the stretch. And I think the reason he tried it to go, he went with Achua down the stretch over Sims is because of who, how the next Nets operate and because of the type of defense that they or the Knicks were obviously the Knicks play. I think he was just going to give in to the switches rather than trust that Sims could play good enough, like drop coverage, pick and roll coverage, like traditional stuff. And I think, I think it, it mostly paid off. I thought Achua had some pretty poor switch possessions there in the, I want to say the third quarter in particular. Um, yeah. The, it, or maybe actually it might have been the fourth. Uh, yeah, oh no, fourth. Sorry, early fourth quarter. Thought he had some a couple of poor switch possessions where he and and Stan even commented on the broadcast on uh, Macal Bridges. But again, it's Macal and it's like you know he's a borderline all star level player. So I'm not going to kill him too much for that. It, look, Precious played good enough down the stretch. I thought Jericho Sims played well. It, uh, look, the two centers played better than I think I would have expected coming into the game. And if they play to that level for as long as Hardenstein is out, I don't think that they will be the reason that the Knicks lose games. That said, they went against a team tonight that has however many wins they have. 16, 17 wins. Uh, 17 wins. Like, they're playing Miami. They're playing Denver. A couple of, couple of different animals there at center in Nikola Jokic and Bam Adebayo. So, you know, I, but for tonight, it was, it was enough for tonight. It was enough. And, um, and then I guess we could, you know, we'll talk about the bench. So, and I, I exclude Hart because Hart is kind of a de facto six starter at this point. Um, McBride and Grimes, you know, uh, big minutes, like I said, in the fourth quarter, Grimes, you know, took five shots, one of four from deep. He had a couple of nice moments. Um, couple of nice defensive moments. I didn't think his his first half defensively. We talked about it on the halftime zoom. Did not think his first half defensively was particularly good. I don't know. I I, I still get the sense that he is. He, I think he's been in, in his own head maybe for a little while now. It, it, he 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 has not looked comfortable to me in some time. Like I thought he he rediscovered some level of comfort after they initially moved him to the bench. And I think that has kind of dissipated. Um, but whatever, we don't we don't have to talk about uh, him too much. Uh, I I think that's it. I think I covered all the bases. Um, yeah, but again, you know, don't let the close of the game sour anybody on how important Brunson was to this. Uh, this was, I think, the final. This is yeah. This is the final game that he will play before All Star starters are announced. He's a deserving all-star starter. I don't know if he's going to get it. He's deserving, though. Um, and Randall, I mean, he's not going to be a starter, obviously. It, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tight. Got to come down to the wire. Wouldn't I, I would skew on the side of Julius is going to be an all-star. Would not shock me if he's not. Um, but he showed you tonight. And like, it's, he is just, he is one of one, man. He is one of one, man. I don't know why I'm saying men, everybody, men, women, children, whoever, uh, 
there is nobody who could frustrate you for three quarters like Julius Randle and then absolutely make you eat all of the shitty things you said about him um, with the right stretch. And you know what? We've seen a lot of games with him over the years where he's come up big in the first three quarters and then faltered down the stretch. I'll, I'll sign for this for sure for him to make the big plays and hit the big shots because um, they are going to need him when the pressure gets tight, uh, you know, come April, uh, God willing, May and God willing before I die at some point, uh, June. So uh, that is it. A good win. Not a good win, but a good win because they're all good wins. <laughs> uh, happy they won. Let's just say that. Happy they won. And again, 10 and 2 since the trade. You you could not have asked for anything better. Truly. Could not have asked for anything better. So we appreciate what it is for what it is. And on that note, um, I, don't, I actually don't even know if we have any ads to read, so I'm going to be surprised here. Uh, APJP. Oh, yes. Okay. Betting and sweating. Great. So I don't know if everybody realizes this when we do these betting and sweating uh, promos that I, I don't always know what the guy's picked ahead of time and sitting here right now I, I don't know what the guys picked ahead of time so I'm going to learn with you what uh, how our how our boys did with betting and sweating courtesy of our great friends at prize picks go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100 again prizepicks.com slash KFS and then you use the code KFS and then you get you deposit up to 100 bucks, whatever you want, up to 100. I mean, you deposit more than 100, but they'll match you up to 100. Uh, it is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let's see how we did. I think they hit on, I know they hit on at least one of these because I saw a tweet. Okay. Um, my God, this is, this is where my vision, my old man is, uh, comes away. So Jalen Bronson. This was over points, rebounds, and assists. Um, GMAC, the, the number was 48 and a half, unfortunately, or 40 and a half, excuse me, 40 and a half. You just missed that one. Not a lot of assists for Jalen Brunson tonight, only four and only three rebounds. So that's a loss. XJ went more uh, over McCal Bridges. Smart move, XJ. Two and a half three pointers name made. I, I mean, did he? He got seven. So good job by you, XJ. Um, next up, Sean with a W. Nick Claxton over 11 rebounds. He skyrocketed past that with 17 rebounds. Give a quick, quick side note. That's the thing I was going to say before about the centers. The biggest drop off by far, by far to me, when you go from Mitch and Hart, I Hart, to Precious and or Sims is the rebounding. Uh, the Knicks ended up with 41 rebounds tonight. The Nets ended up with 40, but we've been killing teams on the boards. As, as Van Gundy said all, all year or all, all broadcast, we've been with the best rebounding team in the league. We've gotten that rebounding back recently after there was a little dip, you know, in December. Um, I wonder if, if Hardenstein has to miss games, if the rebounding is going to go by the wayside. Um, Sims only four rebounds in 27 minutes. Achua, Achua had nine boards in, the, in, in 21 minutes. So I, I'll take some of that back. Uh, good job on the boards by Precious Achua. Anyway, uh, last but not least, Mensa. Mensa went over 
Five and a half rebounds for Jericho Sims. This should have been the easiest freaking money. Mensa, I I feel bad. Especially since you would have figured that like Sims would have closed the game. Tom Thibodeau, I love the I, I love him so much. It's my my Lord and Savior, Tom Thibodeau. His and uh Jason was saying this on the halftime zoom. His center rotations, man. But he's Sims the entire fourth for the entire first quarter and precious two of the entire fourth quarter. <laughs> like, but yeah, Mensa, you're probably sitting there waiting for Sims to come back in. You're like, where is he? Oh God. So that's a that's a that's a loss. So two and two, though. Two and two's fine. Again, thank you to our good friends at Prize Picks um for, for sponsoring our betting and sweating segment. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash KFS. Use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Let us go to the Super Chats. Curious what the mood is tonight. I imagine it'll be pretty good. Red Sarachek. I, I think it's been a while since I heard from Red. I, I, I seem to remember Red getting me fired up a lot at times. When he super chat. So we'll see if this is picking up where he left off. Just realized Tibbs doesn't really run plays for the second unit. He won't, yeah. He won't try Quinn Grimes with DiVincenzo. Just try. Tibbs is the NBA version of Marvin Lunas. Marvin Lewis, excuse me. I know who Marvin Lewis is. I, I that's back when I used to watch football. Sorry for Tibbs bashing. You don't have to be sorry for Tibbs bashing. Benji, who I have all the respect in the world for. Not that I don't have respect for you, Red. I do. Uh this is his exact criticism of these backup minutes is like, you got to run some more stuff as far as playing DiVincenzo and, and Grimes together. Um, I don't, I, I'm sure there are, there are opportunities to do that. I think with the net, I think combination of the nets having some really good wing size and the fact that the Knicks did not have their premium center, normal center rebounders. I don't know if tonight would have been the night to try that. In general, I think gr- minutes for Grimes and DiVincenzo at the same time are fine. I I also think the notion of like DiVincenzo being used to juice the backup offense. Like I'll, I'll give you the he should run more stuff. Although I'll come back to that in a second. But like the notion of DiVincenzo being with the backups, I think is a good one. The issue is that it. That starting, like your strength is so clear right now. It's your starting five. Like it, the, the the numbers are undeniable. For you to stagger to the point where DiVincenzo plays um, hashtag meaningful minutes with the backup unit, which is to say, like not just like thirty seconds or a minute or ninety seconds, but like actually really gets run. Like that's the thing is you need to build up consistency with these lineups. You need to build up some cohesion. And I know it hasn't been pretty and it may not be pretty. And part of that does have to do with he could run more stuff. But the starting lineup is so good. Like you want to get them as many minutes as possible. You know, you don't want to blow it up just so you could try to inject DiVincenzo into the backup unit to get a little bit more playmaking. Like, is that really going to change your life in the backup unit? It'll help, I'm sure. Um, You know, but. I, it's as far as the play calling. I look. I don't see the game like my colleagues here at KFS. I wish I did. It's more than anything. More than like playing a musical instrument. More than being able to like. Uh, I don't know what else do I want to do. 
be an actor. That'd be fun. I wish I could see the game like like Benji and DJ and our new guy, uh, 99th Basketball. I wish I could see the game like they, they do. Um, I can't. But I just, I do wonder, like, we are constantly criticizing guys like Deuce um, and Grimes and at times OJ and Obi uh, and, and certainly Josh Hart for, like, maybe making the wrong decision, maybe ma- being a little hesitant. Um, you know, just like kind of dribbling around. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, I think, yes, you could try to help them more, but I, I wonder how much of an effort is being made to help them. And it, it you're just, it, we're not seeing the fruit of that because the players are, are not executing properly. Um, now, all that being said, I understand there's a difference between like running sets and actually like calling plays. And look, Tibbs, he calls plays. We see him call plays. We see him call really good out of, uh, out of bounds plays off out of timeouts. Like that stuff happens. So it's not like he can't. So, um, I don't know. It's, it, it would be outside of his comfort zone. And maybe this is, and we, I don't think this Tibbs, to your point, spending a lot of time on this comment, but I think it deserves it. Tibbs has clearly shown himself to be a guy who does not like to get outside of his comfort zone, but that's in part because he feels like his comfort zone is his comfort zone for a reason, because it's been borne out over time to work. Now, is there a little extra stubbornness when he's like, it's not my fault that these guys aren't doing better. Like go get me someone who could do better. Like that's his attitude. I'm sure he's fucking banging on Leon Rose's door every day, asking him to get him a real playmaker for the second unit, you know? Um, but we'll see if they do that. In the meantime, I think more could be done. Thanks, Red, for getting us started off here. Anthony, Julius giveth, Julius taketh, still hashtag riding with Randall. How, how do you not ride with Randall? Man, like, I thought, oh, man, who was it? It was, we have a few commenters in the Substack chat who their names start with H. It's Hickey Harris, someone, I forget. I'm going to I'm going to feel so bad when I realize who it was. Somebody took the time to write a really thoughtful, long, thoughtful comment about how it was after a, one of the recent games like Julius got the short end of the stick um, and made some really great points. I think the general sentiment of the comment was like, let's appreciate this guy for what he is and not always be looking for opportunities to kill him. And he like he's I mean this when I say I do not want to think about where the team would be let, be without him. Not to the level of Brunson, but close. Thanks, Anthony. Connor, what's going on, Connor? We need a KFS investigative report on the courtside furries. What a par move by the furry community. Saw the pictures around uh, is that Tyra Banks. Thanks, Tyre Banks. Um, I wish I had something funny or witty to say. I I mean, that's the closest thing the Nets are going to get to a celebrity fan. Uh, so, you know, good for that. I mean, look, it's better than... Um, oh, my God. What's that jerk-off's name? Michael Rappaport, like, honestly, if you had to look at Michael Rappaport or someone in a furry costume on the sideline of your game, you'd take the furry 
I mean, 10 times out of 10. Um, so kudos for not being Michael Rappaport, um, I guess, would be my comment there. Thanks, Connor. Alex, what's going on, Alex? Win or lose this game. Not a fan of Tim's rotations tonight. Way too much Josh Hart minutes usage with ball handling when he's been off all night. I had the same thought. I had the same thought completely, totally, 100%. I was sh- very surprised when DiVincenzo went out of the game. I know DiVincenzo wasn't all that hot shooting tonight. I thought his. I thought he brought good energy. I thought his defense was was good, spirited, certainly. And I thought Josh Hart was really off. This goes back to Red's comment. This goes back to Red's comment. Tibbs, his ultimate comfort zone is size. And again, why does he have that? Why why is that Tibbs' comfort zone? Because it, it's by by far more often than not, he's like size wins. You know the way he the, how he plays. Especially how this team plays, where what do they emphasize? Rebounds, offensive rebounds, especially um, like the sort of defense they play. Like, say, and and Hart helps with all that, but I didn't think he was having a good game. I, I thought he finished strong. I really did. I you know I, I'm sure if we go back and watch the last five or so minutes, we could pinpoint some stuff that Josh Hart did not do well. I thought he was a positive difference towards winning this game. So I. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, it. Too big of an issue with it. Again, with the caveat that I thought DiVincenzo could have been in there. Um, but the other thing to remember, and this is going to be a, this is going to be tough. And to, and to be clear, for anybody who may not know, I'm not saying you don't know, but to anybody who may not know, the numbers on the on the Josh Hart with the starters lineups, and in particular, the numbers with Josh Hart and OG Ananobi are obscene they're 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 it's like the the 2017 warriors times three in terms of how they're destroying teams when they have jalen brunson josh hart og Ananobi, julius randall and i think it's hardenstein on the floor like absurd um so the the data is there to support those lineups and i think the reason why you go to them at the at the end of these games is because teams are so at the in the last five minutes of a close game are so relentless with matchup hunting that you already got Brunson out there. You ideally want to try to avoid a second defender who whether it's a Macau Bridges or you know in a different game it might be someone else can isolate on and try to go to work. Now, is Mikal that dangerous of an ISO player where you're going to really fear that? Maybe not. Um, but I think that's why it's his default uh, because you having Josh Hart out there kind of takes that option away. In addition to the other stuff that he does, like, hey, cutting at the exact right time and being able to finish a tough finish that it ended up being the deciding bucket in the game. So, I hear you, Alex. I totally hear you. And I'm, I'm, I, I, as I do with all of these comments, and I would never try to make it out to be any anything other than this. Like I'm always coming at it from the side of of trying to see it from Tibbs' point of view. That's just how my mind works. Um, but you have a completely valid valid gripe there. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Danny Gardner, what's going on, Danny? I'm writing this at the end of the third quarter. 
But Randall's defensive effort in that third may cost this game. Atrocious. Oh, I didn't realize. All, I had no idea all of these were from this early in the game. Uh, totally. I was totally with you. <laughs> I Totally with you. That was my thought going into the fourth quarter. Randall's defensive effort might cost them the game. Totally. And yet, he redeems himself. Thanks, Danny. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I just look up and I see Cam Reddish on the screen. I didn't realize he was back. Alex, Tim's making me eat my words. Strong ending for heart. Okay. Uh, my apologies. I didn't realize that these were from during the game. Thank you, Alex. Danny with another one. I should post more angry chats at the end of the third quarters. <laughs> whatever it takes, right? Hashtag whatever it takes. <clears throat> um, it's all good, Danny. It's all good. Uh, Robert Cross. Robert W. Cross. Excuse me. He's back two in a row. Does this mean does this mean that Robert is back for good? I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's your boy, John. We got a W against that other team. If you wrote a book about Julius, what would the title be? Um, I'm going to steal one from my dad. Uh, my dad... Uh, this is probably not the best title. My dad said he was going to write a book about his family. Uh, call it uh, putting the fun, putting the fun back in dysfunction, putting the fun in dysfunction. I think. Uh, th- I think that's a pretty good title. Putting the fun in dysfunction. Is is Julius always perfect? No, no. Um, but he, at the end of the day. He gives you a lot of moments that are really super fun to root for. And he's a great Nick. You know, is he a, is he a top 10 all-time Nick or you know, so, I don't know, you know, I, we're we're not there yet. His 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 story how about this for taking your comment and and stretching it out. The book on Julius Randle has not been written yet. You know, and because, and here's the thing about him, because he's such a unique player and I feel bad using the word volatile, but like he, he so it's been so up and down like the, we, 
it's like movies or TV series where the ending could really make or break the whole thing. Like this could go either way at this point. Like Julius Randle could still have a close to his Nick career where he goes down as a top, I don't know, maybe not top five, but like top seven, eight all time Nick, right? Or he could have a close to his Nick career where it's like he's not an afterthought. He's done too much to be an afterthought, but like, you know, outskirts of the top 20, maybe. Uh, somewhere between 15 and 12. But I, he's in the top 20. I mean, that's for sure. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll get a chance to write a book about him one day. That would be fun. I would like that challenge. That'd be an interesting one. Thanks, Robert. Busy. What's going on, Busy? I saw you DM me, by the way, the other day. I, I've been I've been swamped. I'll, I'll get to it. Um, he was bad all night, Alex. I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, this. I think this was about heart. So, yeah. No, no disagreement. He was bad until the very end. Juanon, what's going on, Juanon? We just stole that. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the Nets don't have a closer. They don't have a freaking point guard. Spencer Dinwiddie's a shell of himself. And they got a, they got a, you know, a whale carcass that's been washed up on the beach sitting over there on the bench. Dr- a very impeccably dressed carcass. Uh, but a carcass nonetheless. Um, you know, making well, I don't know what he's, he's making thirty five million dollars a year. Uh, so like they just they don't have an, they don't have anybody to bring them home, and it's unfortunate. It's sad, and it's a commentary on what you need to win in the NBA. But yeah, it helped the Knicks steal this win, just like just like the Clippers stole that win. I mean, the Clippers were down by eighteen in the fourth quarter against this team at home. I mean, it's a home game for us, but still. Anyway, didn't deserve that win, but I'm very happy we got it. A link from Fred Katz is more trustworthy than the Nets closing game. Going to move right on from that one. Oof. Poor little brother. They got a rough road ahead. The tough part is like, and I remember this feeling. We last experienced it. I always get it mixed up, whether the Noah draft came first or the Aldridge draft. I think it was the Aldridge, the Aldridge draft was first, right? Then the Noah draft. I'm going to look like an idiot. If I, whatever. But like those seasons in the late 2000s where we were ass, the Knicks were ass. And we knew no matter what, it didn't matter. Because we weren't, we weren't getting the pick, and the Nets aren't at that level because there's some, some truly ass teams. And actually, the other thing that makes it easier is it's this is not a great draft. I mean, it's a very bad draft. It seems like it's going to be, but um, I think they'll come back. I think the Nets will be back. I, I I'm I know Marks has gotten just annihilated this year. Like they have good pieces. I found it very I found it very interesting on the pregame pod, who of course I'm forgetting the guy that Andrew interviewed. I'm gonna look it up right now. But like he actually went so far. Oh, well, APJP's letting me know Aldridge was first uh in uh back in two thousand six. Uh uh Jacques Manu- Manuel, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but when um Mr. Manuel uh was talking about like 
Cam Johnson's contract, like maybe being a negative asset now. Like I'm not saying he's wrong, but I hadn't realized things had like gotten that bad with him. But I, I think the like I know Dorian Finney Smith's had a terrible couple of games. Like they, they could get stuff for Finney Smith. Um, you know, I've you know, McCall, whether they build around him or don't build around him, you know, we'll see. But they get stuff for Finney Smith, they get obviously something for Royce O'Neal. Uh they could I and I think I actually think they could get something for Cam Johnson. They may not want to move him, but Claxton, they could if I was them, I would think about trading Claxton. I don't I wouldn't want to pay Claxton whatever the hell he's seeking this summer. Why would I want to do that? Now, maybe there's not gonna be another offer out there, but if there was anybody out there offering some real stuff for Claxton before the deadline, I would I would I'd kick the tires on that if I were the Nets, but I'm I'm obviously not running the Nets. What the hell do I know? Um and then they have all these all these uh Phoenix picks, you know, coming down the line. So like they still have ammunition to make a big trade. Um and uh you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's, it's tough, tough sledding for them right now. Look, they took their shot. Didn't work out. Um, shit happens. Thanks, Juno.